0: hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the primetime insights podcast we've got a very special episode this week and it's with none other than futsal international star rico sulcanine who plays for the Welsh national team and he's also been all over the world and played for all kind of different teams um, he's a very, very special guy and I think he brought some very good insights. And in this episode, you'll hear everything from training, recovery, and mindset, and motivation. You'll get it all from this guy and we're very excited to give you this episode. In today's episode, we chose to collaborate with Ray Spirit, which is a organic CBD company from the UK. They're the first ever provider of organic CBD products in the UK. And they have uh, products ranging from the cbd coconut oil the cbd oil drops and the hemp protein powder uh, the benefits of these products are amazing guys uh, cbd in itself helps you improve your sleep reduce pain and inflammation anxiety and nausea and i couldn't help it to reach out at nick over at ray spirit to, and he was kind enough to send us the cbd coconut oil i've been using this in my herbal teas in the evening and it's been really powerful to feel the difference in my sleep and also the pain pain reduction and inflammation from exercise um, another big advocate of these products is rico uh, you'll hear him talk about it more in the episode and we're gonna give you guys a ch- chance of winning one of the products from c uh, from ray spirit in this episode so stay tuned in our social media and uh, you'll you'll get more details on that thanks guys welcome to Primetime insights where we inspire conscious growth. And we're three dudes, and I am Steph. We also have Kim. And I am Ian And we are bringing you exciting topics that has to do with anything and everything in life. Uh, we're gonna dive into another episode. Hope you guys enjoy. Idea. We're going in. Good to go, yeah? Yeah, it's recording now. Okay. Hey? Alright, so first and foremost, uh welcome to the podcast, Rico. How are you feeling today?
1: Thank you so much. Uh, how I'm feeling right now is chill. I'm currently sat in an ice bath. But yeah, feeling blessed. Feeling blessed.
0: How, how frequently do you ice baths? Is it just like post-training? Or?
1: Every or? day, post-training. Every day.
0: And can you tell the people a little bit about where you're at right now? Uh, career-wise and stuff. And
1: uh... For sure. So I'm currently out here in uh, Orlando, Florida. Playing indoor soccer for the Orlando Seawolves. Obviously, my background is a futsal player, but up until the age of 23, I played football, soccer. So, I feel as if this sport of indoor soccer, where it's a mix between futsal and the 11-a-side game, it's perfect for me. So, yeah, I've been really enjoying it here.
0: Nice, man, nice. Um, I haven't really done a lot of research on this uh, mix here. Is it 7-a-side that you're playing now, or is it...?
1: So, it's 6-a-side, 4 quarters of 15 minutes. Um, obviously we play off the boards, but if the ball goes eight over the boards, then it's a kick in from the lined areas. Um, yeah, penalties, you can either shoot or dribble and shoot, so you get five seconds to take on the goalkeeper and try to score. Uh, subs are rotational, so it's a bit like hockey where they just dive over the barriers, dive back on. What else? Similar to cell formations-wise, but obviously there's an extra player. So you right. might have a goalkeeper, the 2-1-2, two, or the two one one one, you know, and they just vary. Same again, rotations and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And also, there's a there's a weird rule about yellow lines. So um, if the goalkeeper starts with the ball, he can distribute it in the last quarter of the court. He has to be in the next yellow line, the second yellow line, to be able to play a five. If that makes sense.
0: So All right. So so is the court like then distributed in quarters or?
1: exactly four quarters of yellow lines
0: right so you won't be getting a lot of the throws from the keeper then hey since you're a pivot
1: that's the thing I've got to step up into the third quarter and then he can go direct which is a rule that we introduced this year because the goalkeeper couldn't go direct before so for me oh it's-
0: right yeah. how okay. have you felt in training so far and stuff to adapt to this new sport and stuff has it been difficult or
1: not difficult at all for if anything, I feel as if, like, yo, this is my sport. Because uh, having spoken to the guys and from experience, like like I say, from training, both the goalkeeper and the pivot position and making that transition from futsal to indoor soccer, are the two areas that are exactly the same. So I've been, I've been enjoying it. Obviously, when I'm getting the ball, i got a lot more space. I would say, and this is going to be a big shade, that this game is more intense, indoor soccer. So players rarely stay on the court for more than a minute because it's literally end-to-end stuff. It's a physical game. Um, if it's a really bad tackle, players get a blue card. This is something I didn't mention in the rules also. Players get a blue card. You can get three of these in a game. And uh, a blue card just equals a two-minute sin bin. And then uh, your team goes down, a man. And then you can come back on.
0: All right. So it's like a power play then in hockey. You exactly. get a man yeah, and two minutes. Wow! These
1: crazy tackles, mate. Yes, that's, that's well, gonna be
0: intense for you, hey. It's exactly. so yeah. That sounds very different from what you would have in futsal and stuff. But before we go further into uh, your future and where you are at right now, I wanna go back and kind of understand more about your upbringing and uh, how it was for you growing up in Wales. What were your interests like? And yeah, what was the journey before we got to see this futsal superstar?
1: Yeah, uh, so I was a young kid. Growing up, obviously, as most kids, it's just get your ball, you get eight for the whole day, and then you come home late, come home late at night. But growing up in towards my teenage years, like 13, then I started again at the professional academies. So Newport County, a League Two club in uh, Europe, um, Cab City Premier League club. I was in and out of those academies, training sometimes at the six, six days a week as a kid. And then uh, up until 18, I was in the academy. That's where I was going to school, a bit like a scholarship. Then I dropped eight, went back to high school, dropped eight of that. In and eight of different jobs, just playing football as a hobby on the side. And then uh, street soccer. So I was playing a lot of street soccer, watching the likes of Ronaldinho and stuff on YouTube. Some of the uh, Dutch guys, the French guys. And... um, Yeah, I sort of just fell in love with the skills that they were doing. So I set up my own street soccer business, touring around Wales, promoting the game of street soccer, which was really successful at the time. And uh, through that opportunity, I managed to go out to Denmark to play the European Street Cup. During that tournament, I saw all these pro guys and thought, like, yo, these guys are awesome. What what else are they doing? Because of the way they manipulate the ball and some of the the plays, the movements and stuff, where they got this stuff from and I found out that they were professional futsal players uh, and this is around the age of 23 so up until the age of 23 I didn't even know what futsal was. Did a bit of research going back home, found out the Worlds actually had a national team that was sort of set up only six months previous so made it my goal to make it into that team within a year and fast forward three months I was in the team. Uh, Sounds crazy but i sent a video on twitter of me training to the manager and then before you knew it, i was in the, the world setup and then uh these past six years i'm now 29 as you know it's been a mad six years
0: wow incredible man um so just yeah most of our listeners are like teenagers and stuff like pretty young so i'm just wondering like you know what was your mindset in that time frame where you were just working different jobs not really knowing what you were doing and then obviously playing football on the side as a hobby and then just to go to you know this into street soccer and do everything like that and then transform that into futsal like what was your mindset before then growing up in those teenage years did you have goals did you have like a vision for what you wanted to do then
1: you know to be honest i'd say i had goals but it was more in the avenues i'm the kind of person i'm not really going to do anything unless i'm passionate about it and that was the same as the jobs that I was doing, obviously I had the street soccer company, something that I was passionate about. I was also creating music, so I gained some funding, brought a camera, I was shooting music videos, then set up a media company, set up a music studio for kids in my local area, which is still alive now, and still being used. So it was all those things that I was passionate in. I wouldn't say so much that I was lost, because like I said, I was getting by, I was enjoying the things I was doing, I was learning things creatively, and uh, yeah, that's sort of that's sort of been my mantra since I've been young. you know, never never really do something unless my heart's been in a
0: okay, uh, yeah, definitely, man. that's that's something that a lot of people can take something good from. Um, but the the music thing, how did that start up? Because you said you were doing music at that time and stuff. Did you get inspired by someone like, Anyone in the music industry and stuff, or
1: what was yeah, maybe your I'm part to sure get into that? I'm not sure if you know, but something that's really popular in the UK is grind music. So it's like our own version of like hip hop so sort of hip-hop speak. Hip
0: hop Ryan, yeah.
1: I started seeing these um these DVDs called Lord of the Mites, and there was the guys like Skepta, Wiley, um, Kano, uh, who else was it? Gets all these crazy MCs and rappers you know they were just on to come up but it was like pirate dvds so i remember my friend bringing one into my house we would put it on on the weekend we'd watch it get all hype gassed up and try and copy them so before you knew it we was writing our own music and yeah that's all with our music stuff come from and i guess some some might say that music has always been a part of my life so growing up I remember on the weekends my head would always be full of my dad's friends on the guitar, on the drums, on the keyboard, because my father was in a reggae band. So yeah, music was a big part of my life growing up.
0: Because I've I've seen some some stuff you post on social media at times like about Bob Marley and stuff. Was he someone that your dad looked up to as well, or
1: exactly? So that reggae connection, it was something that I was always growing up listening to. You know, I remember waking up in the mornings, you hear some reggae, and for me. You know, reggae music is, is is good vibes, you know, the vibrations, it's all happy, it's all love, it's all positive, and it's kind of, you know, sort of, I guess it helped shape the person I'm, that I'm becoming and being.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, I want you to get into now the, what like, the, what happened after you started playing futsal for the national team, and what was sort of the opportunities that came about from doing that, and what? Mm-hmm. Uh, Why did you actually choose the avenue of futsal?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. So like I said, I was playing football at the time and working all of these jobs and football was a bit of a hobby for me. So for a whole year, I, I stopped playing football. Not many people know this, but I was at the time I was a sports coach and football became more of a job than a hobby and I sort of lost the love for the game. Obviously, alongside the street type of stuff when I went to Denmark, it was as if when I found futsal, you know, my love for the game was sparked again. It was as if I was—I had another chance. So when I got into the uh, the futsal team, the national team, that was—it was as if I took that message, and it was—it was a deeper message to say, like, here, here's another chance. You know, give it your all, and that's what I did. So I started playing for the national team. Um, started posting my videos and stuff online, and I like to think then, like Instagram would not really blowing up the way it is now. And I was at the forefront of that sort of hype. So I started posting stuff, people started sharing my vids when I was hashtagging them, and then that led to more opportunities, you know, flying out to Dubai, coming into Australia, the play where we first met, um, and yeah, all prize tournaments like that.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to get into here. I feel like we could go in the social media direction or we can kind of go to Australia or I guess it coincides a little bit. I'm I'm wondering because obviously you said you use a lot of social media and stuff and then at the time when you went to Australia I feel like that was like really when you started blowing up and yeah. your videos went, went viral you, like you said you went to Dubai, you get to, got to play against Falcao. Uh you had the PFL in the US and stuff so what, what was your mindset when that started happening when all those video, videos started going viral and you started getting all these followers and stuff and you know obviously I can assume that was like a major turning point in your career and kind of like what that brought to your life, you know?
1: For sure. You know, I'm a kind of guy, forger, and I don't really believe in coincidences, but at the time when all of this stuff started to blow up was when I started reading this book called The Secret and it's all about, you know, the universal laws, uh, the law of attraction. So I started writing, getting little goals in my iPhone had a little vision board in my office, uh, in my media office, and I started posting things that I'd like to do within the next few years. And before I went into uh, um, Australia, i wrote my iPhone, I've still got the launch name, you know, I'm going to score goals, right there, and it's going to be viewed by millions of people across the world. They're going to go viral, you know, I'm going to link up with major brands and get sponsors. And uh, It sounds crazy, but it happened. I went into Australia, scored some goals that's never really been performed in the game before. You know, people started to see my style of play. And yeah, like I say, it blew up. And like, you know, most of these guys say, the internet, you know, the power of the internet. It can be a blessing or a curse. And for me, it's been the biggest blessing.
0: Do you think now that, do you ever like reflect on this, like, the process that you've gone through from being into music and the media company and doing all those things to like having this path that now has more clarity and how you used all those skills that you've had in the past or utilize and learn to like getting you to where you are now. Because obviously I can imagine with the music and stuff, you're still editing and you're learning how to use softwares and, you know, connecting with people in different ways and stuff. And now you're doing that on the bigger stage and through sport. Did you ever have that like serendipity moment or connection that you, that you felt that?
1: For sure. Like I say, you know, I don't really believe in coincidences. And it's funny how all the things that I was doing in my past have led me to this moment and have helped me so much. Like I say, the street type sort of stuff. When I got into futsal, some of the moves that I was using on the street, the normal sort of futsal players, soccer players, football players weren't aware and they weren't really aware of how to defend these sort of moves and skill set. So obviously that helped me towards standing out and people recognizing me as a different player. And the media stuff. Now when I get these uh, videos, the goals, the highlights, when I post it online, I make sure, you know, I know how to market it correctly. I know what the viewer's going to want to see, how to hashtag it, you know. So, yeah, it's funny how all of that stuff that I did in the past has uh, sort of propelled me and helped me to where I am now.
0: Do you feel like with social media and stuff, is there any, like, secrets to how to do it, or is it just to be consistent with posting? Or how would you, like, tell a 14-year-old to to use social media now to get to where you are today, basically, right?
1: Yeah, okay, let's let's go over this. So what I would say is when, first thing first, visuals it's the first thing they see before they even click on a video on a post if they go to your Instagram page and you ain't looking like that pro soccer player that you're trying to become or be they're not going to be clicking on anything so first things first focus on your visuals what are you trying to sell yourself as are you the skillful player are you the all-rounder you know what is your pod? your point of difference so for me a big part of that was the skill but I made sure that my videos weren't just the the one trick pony or the freestyler. You know, I've never wanted to be classed in that bracket because I feel as if people within the football and the soccer world, they have this perception of, oh, freestylers, they're just a circus act. And I've never wanted to be that guy. So I make sure if I'm going to use a skill, I'm going to be winning a kick in, I'm going to be shooting on goal, I'm going to be scoring a goal, I'm going to be assisting a teammate. You know, it's never just for the visuals alone. It's got to be purposeful. So for me, purpose over everything. Um, So, yeah, visuals, what you're selling yourself as, um, quality of content. So I remember seeing a quote from Gary Vee, and he said, you know, if you're going to produce 99% better content than everybody else in your market, then obviously people are going to come to you. They're going to come back to you to watch your videos. They're going to come back to you to read about your lifestyle, about the latest health and nutrition that you're sort of promoting and advocating. And uh, yeah, fortunately, from my media background, I was able to use those skills and make better content than all the rest of the people within my field. So as you see, a lot of the time, well, I remember a few years ago, you had these world-class futsal players, you know, they were the best within their country, superstars. Nobody knew about them. You know, they didn't really have a lot of opportunities Outside of their country or outside of their field and for me, it's just like yo Why only be known there if I'm gonna be known across the world and I've actually got a deeper message to promote and spread So like I said on my Instagram is it's way bigger than futsal. You know, it's, it's, it's about purpose for me That's my theme, purpose over everything can,
0: can you talk a little bit more about that? Just it's way bigger than futsal. What does that really mean to you like?
1: So for me, you know I remember a time in my life, my teenagers, when I got lost in sort of, you know, I feel as if it was it was a stage that everybody sort of gone through or going through or know about that whole Illuminati thing. You know, I sort of got lost deep in that, researching about it, getting worried about what's going on in the world. And then I started reading these books, like I say, The Secret and all these philosophical people, you know, these mentors and stuff. And it all came back to, you know, the biggest way that you can help this world is by being yourself loving yourself looking after yourself because you can only give the amount of love to another person that you have for yourself so you can only love or you can only appreciate you know and have gratitude for th- something else the amount that you have within you you know for a long time i was sort of lost in all of that and like i say love and life you know that's my mantra You know, I start trying to preach the message and I started to be the message through actions, through my posts. And yeah, so I guess that's what it is. You know, it's it's purpose. My message is love. You know, for me, futsal is just a game. It's entertainment. But it's a stage in which I can get all of these people to sort of be more aware of things that's really going to positively affect and change their life. Health and well-being, you know, love wellness, um, like I said, quotes, you know, it's not going to be for everybody, but I'd rather, this is another thing as well. There's so many people out there now promoting all of this negative stuff. And you're seeing viral videos of a dog getting killed or someone getting knocked out, you know, my Avenue, my platform, my stage is for all of the other stuff, positivity, love. Like I say, you know, you can't take a day off. You can't take a day off,
0: and this is what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Honestly, there's so, there's so much to get into. Every time you've said something, I have like four questions straight away. Um, yeah, so, what I'm th- what I'm thinking now is then like, you know, you say love, live, all these things. Like, did you ever have a time where you felt like, or do you still have times where that's hard to sort of to show up in that way? What are some of the practices do you have around that to? sort of live that mantra and be that mantra even when you know the going gets tough because i i'm sure that like all other people you do have challenges
1: yeah so for me as you as you know i have tattoos on my body and a lot of these tattoos sort of signify and personify and mean a lot of substance to me so a mantra that i have on my wrist i don't know if you guys can see it is love live so whenever i'm getting lost in all of that stuff you know, it's there on my body, right in front of mine. It's facing me, not facing everyone else. You know, don't worry about all that stuff. Love and live. And another mantra that I have on my body, so especially when I'm playing games, so when I started opening up to these prize tournaments and playing the likes of Falcao, Ricardinho, and these superstar players, you know, I was just a, a young guy on the come up, and I used to get a little bit nervous, and the butterflies would really affect me. And then once I started learning about, hey, the channel, all of that energy, and it was actually positive stuff. I uh, I thought uh, it came to me to write, play with your heart, as you know, that's on mantra. Now, and a post that I've started on Instagram, and it's got seven thousand posts around the world. So there's a little community growing again. Purpose, play with your heart, you know. So yeah, I just sort of try to uh, surround myself, my body, uh, my environment, the people that I'm around. With as much
0: positivity and light as I can, you know, and love especially, love. <laughs> awesome, man, awesome. Um, and I'm just thinking more and inter- I, I want to get back to to the quotes you mentioned that you know. Obviously, I've I've been around you and stuff, and you always drop some some quotes like just about anything. Uh, but like you have so many Bruce Lee quotes up your sleeve, and like Muhammad Ali and stuff like that. Yeah. What's your process of like learning those? Do you just find them on Instagram or do you go like, do you read their autobiographies or something? Where, where do you get them from, man?
1: Yeah, it's a bit of everything, to be honest. Obviously, I read a lot of books. So I'm an avid reader. Um, I watch a lot of movies. I study a lot of documentaries and biographies and stuff. And like I said, I surround myself with with those quotes and those people and those that philanthropy and the the philosophical kind of people because i feel you know same way you see something negative on tv or media and it can affect you in that way if you surround yourself and if you see that on a daily basis then it's only gonna have an uplifting vibe and positively affect you so yeah i surround myself with that sort of stuff and it helps me to sort of stay on track so yeah
0: do you feel like you're kind of like programming yourself to be more positive like every day? Exactly. It's almost like it's that.
1: A mind state and a mindset. You know, this this it's not a coincidence that television
0: channels are called programs. You know? Ooh. Wow. Now I'll give you goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now man, um, I wanna get into I know you've been studying Michael Jordan a lot and other figures that are like very influential and stuff. Mm -hmm. And just from playing with you and stuff, I always felt like, you know, when you were around the boys and stuff, you never had a worry of the future or thinking about what's next and stuff. Um, And you always felt like in the moment present and you always treated everyone in a very, like you've been saying, I love, live gratitude. You always showed everyone the love that I guess that you have for yourself then. Um, But, um, in terms of in the game how do you sort of look at your opponents and and what kind of like mindset hacks have you got from the type likes like M, the types like mj and and other athletes and stuff that you've been studying
1: yeah so for a long time you know i've always been a competitor ever since i've grown up i don't know what it is it's something inside me i'm a com- if I'm going to turn up, I show up and I compete, you know. And for a long time, it was it was a competition with everyone else. Well, that was the view and the mindset, the mind state that I was going into games with. But the more reading, the more research, the more understanding of myself that I sort of um, puzzled, the more I become aware that, you know, like Bruce Lee says, you know, there is no competition. The, the competition is non-competition. When you compete, you compete with yourself. And it's sort of easy thing to say or hear and, and digest. But when you come from a place of inner standing and being, truly being that, it has a totally different meaning. So like I said, you know, I posted a quote online. Well, it wasn't a quote. It was more of an, um, a, a blog of the, the Premier Futsal finals in Dubai. You know, going into that game, it wasn't, it wasn't, no worry, I wasn't anxious, I wasn't afraid, you know, and I'm playing against Ronaldinho, top futsal players around the world, you know, from Russia, Brazil, Spain, Italy, and I remember being in the tunnel and just thinking like, this is an opportunity to love, and when we went in to give the handshakes, you know, I wasn't like, you you, as you know, when you're in that lineup and you're going across, there's been times in your career where you thought, like, yo, I've got to scare this guy. Like you see in boxing, you know, they're always trying to intimidate each other, they're trying to eight each other. But for me, in that moment, just something inside me just said, Love, give them love. So when I was going across the players in the lineup, I was just saying, love, 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 and this footage and this photos of me just happy. You know, when the players are around you all anxious or you know, trying to intimidate the look look macho the ego you know but for me it was a place of love and i knew going into that game i was going to win it. you know i remember being teamed up with my my friend in the hotel and saying like yo you know tomorrow you're playing right you know you're panicking you're worrying i'm like no i can't wait i cannot wait you know i remember preparing well eating well getting sufficient rest and waking up the next day knowing i did everything within my power to have a great outcome I was going into this game, already won. You know, those small wins, they're all wins to me. You know, you can't lose. You can't take an L. It's all lessons on winning. And like I say, when you're aware of that, I feel as if a lot of people are going around they're preaching this, preaching that, but they're not living that. They're not being that message. And for me, it's, it's, a, it's a deeper understanding, for sure.
0: Right, so th- that's a perfect segue there then because I feel like we need to talk about like, the preparation ahead of games and stuff. Like you said, the small wins are all wins. The things that you do before you step on the court, I feel as if, for me at least as well, it's kind of like that, if you are preparing the right way, you, like you said, you ha- you're sure to have a good outcome. But it also, it takes away any self-doubt and stuff that you have because you know that you did your best and then you, your mind won't even get in the way because you know that... This is all you have, or like you gave all you could. Um, so, please talk a little bit about how you like to prepare for games and yeah, how, how you like to prepare for games.
1: So, yeah, a big one for me is obviously nutrition. What you're putting inside your body. I feel as if, uh, you know, the way things are on TV and commercials, anything's to make a buck, you know, for these top companies. It's all about money. They don't really care about our health, you know, there's no one really going around advocating health. But there is people out like there, but you just need to do your own. You said so for me, nutrition. You know, I no longer just eat for pleasure and taste. It's more about fuel. I have this understanding that whatever I'm putting in my body is gonna, you know, is gonna enable me to live and act optimal. So I know what if I'm before a game, you know, so I don't like to eat dairy because i'm a uh, lactose and gluten intolerant so i
0: don't really do the whole glutenous stuff so kudos, bro. kudos yeah
1: sweet potato broccoli you know i might eat some meat but i really like to stay light so for me it's carbs over everything you know um so after the games i might have a nice big steak or some chicken you know after the game but before the game i like to stay light so i eat a lot of eggs sea potatoes, broccolis, um, all that sort of stuff. And then I might have a little booster before the game, you know, some some cacao nibs, some raw honeycomb.
0: And I like to use essential oils for alertness and stuff. Why would you go cacao nibs and raw honeycomb?
1: Uh, just a quick sort of energizer. You know, I've sort of trialled this stuff. And I'm not sure if you're aware, but, you know, cacao is like the natural high. You know, people in Europe and all, they're having ceremonies and they're getting hired for this stuff. They're actually crushing the raw cacao bean and they're snorting it, you know?
0: That's but insane. I've, 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 I haven't I've, heard about that. I've
1: eaten cacao nibs, yeah. I'm, I'm a big cacao advocate. <laughs> now, I,
0: re- I remember um, when we had a tournament um, with Cambio Cumbre and you you like, oh, <laughs> you're just pulling up this little uh packet of cacao nibs and and you had your peppermint essential oil and stuff ready and then yeah. you just gave me some and i remember the peppermint i still do that to this day it's actually a hack that you gave me and man yeah. that is next level for opening up the airways and just getting that alertness hey um like i say it's it's something
1: that a lot of people are not aware of essential oils you know you see them um, you see the footballers or the rugby players—they're all dabbing some Vicks on their shirt, you know. But a little dab of essential oil, open up the airways and same thing. So big in a big um, after-game, post-game recovery for me settling off and getting a good night's sleep is a few drops of CBD oil. So I might just drop a few under the tongue or in my turmeric teas. I'm a big advocate of herbal teas. And I've recently bought an essential oils diffuser. So I'll put a few drops in there, just leave that overnight with a little bit of lavender and lemongrass. And I feel as if I get a good night's sleep. As you know, REM sleep is key. A lot of people, you know, they might, they might get 9, 10 hours of sleep and still wake up feeling tired and wonder why. It's because they're tossing and turning, and they're not getting that deep REM sleep, the recovery. You know, and I feel as if CBD oil and the essential oils is really helping me achieve that. So I might get maybe six or seven hours now, you know, and that's not a bad night, and still wake up feeling good. You know, I I know that I've recovered well. So yeah, there's a few hacks as well.
0: Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Uh, How long have you been using the oils, and what are your preferred herbal teas?
1: A few, i say I've been on CBD oils now for maybe a good year and a half, two years. You know I've got a few sponsors like Ray Spirit, CBD Vapes Arrows, which is something you might have just seen me puffing on a few a few minutes ago. So it's a lot of CBD pen here, you know. Full of CBD oil, which is totally legal, 0.3% THC, so you can't get a high.
0: But in terms give, of- give the viewers and listeners a little puff. Let's okay. see what okay. it's about.
1: <laughs> here we go. You know, Mate. That's it, so I take this to training, so after training in the night, if I'm feeling a little bit, you know, achy, I just have a few puffs of this and I'm feeling good, like I said, you can't get high off it, but in terms of reducing inflammation, uh, lifting mood, so a mood enhancer, if
0: somebody's right. maybe depressed or a little bit anxious, just a little bit of CBD and you're good to go. I can second his uh, statement here, I love the CBD all myself. I actually have my own here. I'm just gonna show it in the camera. Check that out. Hemp oil, bang. And I do, I do the same thing. A few drips under the tongue like before I go to bed or after training and stuff really helps my muscle soreness and it gives me a good night's sleep without yeah. a doubt for sure. Have you
1: started uh, on your joints as well?
0: Yeah, I actually I have the balm as well. So I have a balm That's like really a good. hemp balm it's and cool. that is awesome. And, but I, I feel like I did it one night and I almost felt, man, when I woke up the next day, I felt like so light, but like, you know, when you feel, I don't know, I, I had a big, big session in the gym, but I felt like my muscles were just like floating almost. I was just like so light and loose. Hey, mm-hmm. and that was the next morning. Uh, yes. but I, 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 had it all over my back. I'm it in and everything. So, yep. yeah. Uh,
1: going back to herbal teas. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. This is my sort of go-to in the morning, after training and just before we sleep. Me and my partner, test. we like to have uh, ginger, turmeric and honey. We also like peppermint after our meals throughout the day. Ginseng as well. I've got Tess shaking in the back. Ginseng. Yes, we
0: like ginseng. <laughs> love it, love
1: it, What else do we love? Another big hat that I've been using a lot lately as well. So like I said, I take ice baths every day. I, use, I like to use the hot and cold method. So I'll ice bath and then after that I'll take a hot I'll give it maybe fifteen minutes, take a hot bath with some um magnesium and Epsom salts.
0: How, yeah. how's that ice bath feeling by the way? Thirty minutes in.
1: Yeah. Peak levels. Peak levels. <laughs> Doing it for the podcast. <laughs>
0: Doing it for the podcast. Oh man. So you do Epsom Epsom as well?
1: Uh-huh, Epsom salts. Major. Yeah. And I've got a magnesium spray. So if my muscles are feeling tight before bed, you know, I'll do a bit of stretching. Another one I've just brought recently as well is a um, a vibrational foam roller. So I'll do a bit of mild release on there and uh, spray a bit of um, magnesium oil just to really relax the muscles, you know.
0: Have you have you done any... Do you have any experience with flotation? You do, right? You've been floating and stuff. Yeah, I've been floating for years, mate. I remember the first time was in... Uh, my first
1: flow was in Melbourne. Right. You know, really, really, really good insight is probably the word that i use. Insight. Just getting to know yourself and your own consciousness and, you know, your own being within. You know, I don't, I don't really like to get all arty-farty and cliche on you guys, but, you know, it's something I definitely recommend.
0: Arty-farty. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i want to get back to the mindset stuff a little bit more and i want to ask you if there's been any like traits that you feel have been consistent in this whole journey of getting to where you are now like any mindset traits or um any yeah defining traits that have gotten gotten you to achieve so much at, at a young age
1: yeah staying on that theme consistency So a lot of the stuff, you know, is I like to, they say in a lot of these books, you know, everything that we're about to to share with you is nothing that you don't know. You just don't know that you know. And it's like when, you know, for example, my Instagram, now that it's blowing up, everybody's like, oh yeah, I was going to do that all those years ago. Well, why didn't you? You know, consistency. That's what it all comes down to. Once you know this stuff, Apply, application. You know, everybody knows, but not many people's applying. You know, it's doing all of the things that you know that you should be doing and everybody else is not doing. So like I say, you know, I know you read all Paul check. I'm the kind of guy, once I find something that works for my body, that works for my mindset, and I'm seeing consistent results, I'm good to stay with that. So if it's a meal, I'm happy to eat the same meal over and over. If it's a way of training, I'm happy to do it over and over and over until I feel myself or that way of training plateauing and then I'm good to switch it up. You know, so I like to listen to my body, trust my intuition, and yeah, that's what it all comes down to consistency and application. Because the knowledge not out there. They have fingertips and it's all free on the internet. But yeah, it's up to you to go out there, put the work in and then apply.
0: 100%. I agree with you a lot there. But I feel like that's that's a difficult one for a lot of people to sort of be consistent with that thing and understand when it's actually plateauing and not like with training i feel like that's very difficult if you do the same type of training all the time your body adapts very quick and you won't see the same results that you had and i guess a little bit same thing with diet you know you have a lot of people like you know they're going on veganism and they don't even know what's happening with them after like six months they have like vitamin b deficiencies and all these things coming up um so I'm kind. I'm kind of wondering, like, so is it just intuition for you when you know to switch it up, or is it like a thought process that's that goes on for longer? Or
1: you know, for me, what it all comes down to is trial and error.
0: Mm.
1: You know, when you fuck up, you know you need to switch up. It's the same in all of these areas. You know, so I'm I'm the same. You've probably been the same in areas, and um, I trial things. I'm open to new methods. To realizing new things and I'm okay when I fuck up you know I switch it up I apply I go back to the drawing board I see what else is out there and then I try and bring all of that stuff together to feel what works for me like you know eating right for your type you might want to eat strawberries if I eat strawberries it might not be good for me and if I don't feel that that they are good for me and switch it up you know simple trial and error
0: China, I love that. That's easy, simple as well. But before you also mention that a lot of people like like you said, oh, they wanna do they were gonna do what you were doing or something. They say that they they're gonna do something, but they end up not doing it, or they end up not being as consistent with it. Why do you think that is in your own opinion?
1: Again, it all goes back to the basics, you know. The saying cliche, but if it's something that you really want, you will find a way. If it's not, you will find an excuse. You know, like self-sabotage. People like to attach themselves to these different emotions, like feeling sorry for themselves. You know, oh, I didn't do that, but this is what happened to me. That's why I didn't do it. I ain't that sort of person. Fortunately, I've never been that sort of person. You know, like I say, if I fuck up, I fuck up. I accept it, and I make that change. But I feel as if, you know, we're we're all going around with these different sort of mindsets and mind states and we're set in those ways i like to think that i've never been set i'm open i'm aware i'm okay with fucking up if i fuck up that's good because i'm going to learn a lesson you know to be honest there is no fucking up there is no fucking up It's trial and error and learning lessons and like i say getting to the end goal of trying to live as optimal and as happy as you can
0: so what would you say i'm gonna get the live coach out of you here now that's more not. than you've already gone into it what would you say to someone who has that that mindset that's very stuck in their mind feeling sorry for themselves being depressed living in this fearful mindset what would you tell them like if you had like three things or you know three sentences or three three valuable tips
1: mm-hmm. first and foremost What are you surrounding yourself with in terms of people, in terms of music, in terms of reading, in terms of media? You know, people are fucking listening to all this music about, oh, depression, I lost my boyfriend, you know, um, I'm shooting guns, I got all this money, I got all these jewels, and then they're playing the comparison game, you know? Oh, shit. I don't have that much money, so I must be unhappy because I'm broke. But in reality, are you really broke? Do you know what broke really is? Have you been out there to experience real life broke? Um, Another thing is, like I say, food. You know? A lot of people are walking around. Think about it. The way that this system is designed. First thing we do, we wake up, we toast. We eat something heavy that's going to suck the energy from us right away. You know, we're walking around there trying to recuperate energy from different things. A quick energy drink. Yeah, it's pleasurable, but then it's another big crash. You know, it's as if it's a domino effect. And think about it. That's the norm. That's eight there. Drink a can of Coke. You go into a shop. Why is a bottle of water one pound when a can of Coke is 50 50 pence? that's the way that this whole system is designed, and it's up for you to go out there, gain this knowledge, and switch it up. If you, if that stuff's working for you, if you're drinking cans of coke, you're feeling happy, you you feel you're living optimal, do that. If it's not, make that
0: change. It's incredible because society nowadays almost like it's built up for us to be unhealthy. It's all, it's harder, you know, for for us, for you and me, for example, we're healthy guys. We try to take care of ourselves, right? To get CBD oil, that costs us 80 bucks. To get organic steaks, that costs us this much. To get our, organic foods, it's all more expensive to be healthy. And I feel like that's almost that, that, and also a lack of education is what holding people back from living like healthy lifestyles. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that. So I just had to get that rant in. Uh, yeah,
1: it was a nice quote that I came across yesterday. Being cheap comes at a price. For example, you wanna eat that burger, you're gonna be having to recuperate it somewhere down the line. Whether that's hospital bills, for sickness, some form of illness, you know? All those cheap things come with a price. It's as if you're having it on lease, you know? Right, right. Feel when you're eating nutritious food, it's instant you ain't paying no price for that long term you know you ain't renting
0: that nutrition you're buying it eight months yeah exactly. I, I like that i like that that makes a lot of sense and it also that's a good way to put it like in a critical way to people because it makes the game like very long term like to understand that okay what you are doing now is actually gonna affect you not now or maybe it is like energy wise, but later down the line, you're going to get hospital bills. You're going to get illnesses and all that stuff. So I also,
1: you know, it's little is little life tip of um, pain or pleasure. So you go into a shop, you know, you get the can of Coke, which is pleasurable. It's a quick little fix. Or you More get terms. the water, which is going to really hydrate you. You know, it might not taste as good, but you know, down the line, that's going to bring you pleasure and not pain. You Know that's another good little tip, Tony Robbins. Here you go,
0: short term pain, long term pleasure. If you want to hack your water, by the way, put some lemon and pink Himalayan sea salt in it. Hashtag okay. Open Marcus.
1: Danger. If you want to do a major cleanse, a few tablespoons of Himalayan salt with water, lay on your side for 30 minutes, and watch your whole system fall out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that is that in one day wait what's that you put how himalayan many how many himalayan tables plans. yeah a,
1: half half a glass of himalayan salt with a bottle of water man shit
0: w- were you shitting from that yeah
1: your system your guts will flood
0: <laughs> oh wow <laughs> okay we'll be talking about nutrition and stuff now Let's yeah, talk a little bit about what you do in the gym and when your fitness journey started. And also, what do you think is the advantage that that gives you on the futsal court or the football field now?
1: Sorry, can you repeat that question? My mind was somewhere else
0: then. Yeah, no worries, bro. You're thinking yeah. about shitting yourself, eh? Hey?
1: <laughs> I'm thinking about batteries on
0: 4%. Mate, we got to sort this out.
1: Okay, Tess, can you get my laptop charger?
0: we got yeah, to get a charger in.
1: Wait, I gotta drink this bath as well, man, because my yeah. ice, my
0: legs I can't feel. <laughs> Forty-five minutes in, he's been sitting in an ice bath this whole time. I'm, yeah. I'm probably gonna post this to YouTube as well, so people can see you uh, in an ice bath.
1: Yeah, ice bath levels.
0: <laughs> All right, man. So, anyways, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When did your fitness journey start, and what is the advantage you think that gives you when you, you're on the court against other players and stuff? Your way of training,
1: yeah. Like I say, from a very young age, I've been at elite level academy so I like to think that thanks, Tess. I like to think that you know the training that I've been exposed to has been at a very high or decent elite level. So, like I say, as I've gone through these training methods and training myself in those environments, the kind of person that I am, very open. You know, you speak to people. Some person in the gym might come over to and say, hey, uh, you're a soccer player. Have you tried this? Have you heard about this guy? And I've sort of, like I say, being in those environments, you learn and pick up the old ways of training and it leads lead you on to bigger things. So I feel as if, you know, through uh, movement practice, like some Ido Portal, these sort of guys, um, just the YouTube videos of the elite level athletes like Ronaldo, Messi, these guys, I've sort of, sort of studied their game team of basketball and uh, come up with a formula that works for me.
0: I I think I saw you once do like uh, basketball type training in one of your training sessions and you said like, oh, combining sports, like it's good for your training and stuff. Um, What made you believe that and and start doing those things?
1: I remember reading about, you know, like a lot of the um, Brazilian football players. They obviously they're in that culture. They grow with like Samba and Salsa. And you see them, you know, like Ronaldinho, after a goal celebration, they would do the little sort of salsa dance. I was thinking, where's that come from? So then I did a bit of research, and it makes a lot of sense, you know, movement is movement. So there's a lot of ways that you can sort of train within this field, and it's going to apply to your game or help you in your game. So another thing is, my basketballers, they say, you know, uh, in boxing, It's another good thing, so the way they move and the way they jinx, it's applicable to the sport of boxing, so I think I like to think and feel that a lot of these movement practices overlap and sort of by developing what works for you and especially if you're seeing consistent results, then yeah, I'm all for it.
0: I think it's all connected at the end of the day as well, right? The whole body is a system that you know it it all needs attention, it's not just Um, just one part even if you're a football player you can't just focus on your legs you know you you need to apply other things and realize that you know if your core is not strong enough well you you might roll those ankles or injure those knees a little bit easier Um, so yeah Um, but I want to ask as well uh, when you're in the in the gym nowadays has your mindset or your approach changed over the years like when you were coming up maybe five years ago and you didn't have a big social media following. You didn't really know the opportunities you were going to have and stuff. How was your approach then? Did you feel like you were over-training yourself and working really, really hard to get what you wanted? And yeah. have you kind I of mean, like balanced I yourself? More? Like that,
1: that guy in the gym pumping weights for aesthetics, I was more the guy that up <laughs> until the age of like 23, literally, I would get my football, I would go to the street courts over and go into the gym. You know, skill, skill set. I was reading, um, uh, I was watching a documentary actually on YouTube. I can't remember who it was. And it was talking about um, skill over everything. You know, so why is this um, 40-year-old boxer able to beat these young guys that are fit, that are fast, you know? And it was skill technique. I like to think that skill set is at the pinnacle of you know, all of these attributes. So for me, it it served me. It served me well. But like when I go into the gym now, it's more about the mobility. And for gym, it's more of a recovery thing. Maybe I'll do some other body stuff with kettlebells or on, on the pull-up bar or on the um, assisted levers. But a lot of it is mobility and recovery.
0: So you would say then basically um that like mastering your craft is the most important thing, right? Like so working, sure. yeah. So, so sure. you'll never, yeah. So definitely if you're coming up and stuff, spend more time playing, not focusing so much on how you look or, you know, how strong you are and stuff like that. The skill is the most important thing.
1: But it's funny, you know, because think about these athletes like Ronaldo and stuff. They're, they're multi-million paying giants for the likes of Nike and stuff. So Nike want to portray them as these as these elite athletes and their physical presence their dominance and all but i remember you know watching a, a youtube video of messi and he took off his top, and he he wasn't even shredded. you know he wasn't ripped he wasn't cut up like the athlete that i thought he was going to be and then it, it all of a sudden hit me like you know it's not about the 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 uh physical appearance it's about the performance you know and Like I say, aesthetics for me is secondary. You know, I sort of look past all of that stuff. Yeah, it's nice to look nice and feel nice. But if you're not performing, then what good is it doing? So first and foremost, like I say, skill set over everything. You see these guys in the Brazilian futsal league, you know, the likes of Leandro Lino, uh, Falcao. You know, a lot of them got bellies, man. They're not shredded. They don't look athletic. But the way they move and perform, man...
0: That, that's very true. That's very true, actually, uh, and I feel like that's something that often gets neglected. And I think that's also because that's just the way society is nowadays. You know, we're scrolling through social media, seeing all these fitness influencers and the Kardashians and shit, and then we just wanna, you know, focus on focus on the wrong things, maybe. Um yeah, Anyhow, I
1: mean, the cosmetics, cosmetics. You know, like that quote it says. You know, uh, a lot of the time, the people in the magazines don't even look like the people in the magazines. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not even them. They're touched up. They're photoshopped. Mm -hmm. And when you meet people in real life, it's like, oh, shit. For example, when I played against Douglas Costa in Melbourne, you know, I'm thinking like, yo, this guy's a multi-million American athlete. He's going to be shredded up. There's a photo of me online, me and him in the changing rooms, and he's got no six-pack. He's got a little belly. His arms aren't shredded, you know? So, like I say... It's not about aesthetics, man.
0: It's all bullshit. Yeah. What What do you feel are, like, some of the... I just got inspired to ask this now. Some of the top qualities, because you've obviously been around Ricardinho, Falcao, and, and those. Do you see anything in them that you see in yourself? What do you feel are, like, the top qualities that that those kind of people have? Or is there anything that they have in common, you know? <laughs> do you know what I'm going to go back to? And it's literally something that always comes to me is passion and love
1: you know not just love for the sport but love for people around them passion for how they carry themselves and how they are to people you know like far cow says i remember watching a youtube video and fifa we interview him and he says you know to become a great player first you must be a great person and think about it you you when you visualize Farquhar playing or Rick Ardino playing or Ronaldino playing, you know, these people, they play with joy. They love their sport, you know? So yeah, love, love and passion for sure.
0: Okay, man, that's good. Um, yeah, that's a big one. That's a really big one. When, when do you think it's like the, cause I feel like, like you mentioned this before as well, that a lot of us, or a lot of people, you know, when they're when they're in the huddle or when they're lining up to shake someone's hand, they're thinking, oh, how can I intimidate this guy? What do you think that comes from that sort of mindset to like, you know, step on someone's throat and stuff like that, rather than to keep the joy? Because we all started playing out of the same reason, which was basically love and joy. But then as we grow older, as we get influenced by these other things, I feel like a lot of us, especially in sports, get into this, you know, kind of killer mentality and want to step on each other you think that is because media just portrays it that way or do you think there's another reason?
1: I think, yeah, it's because the media portrays it that way and also because um, ego, you know? Ego can be a good thing. So there's the kind of ego that's going to, you know, say it's a 90-minute game and you're at 70 minutes and you're feeling tired, but your ego's saying, no, I'm not giving up, I'm going to finish this game strong, or there's the kind of ego like, yo, I'm a sick player. I'm gonna embarrass this guy just for the sake of embarrassing him, just for a little boost, just for me to feel good. You know, I'm not the kind of player that, you know, I want to humiliate this guy to to make myself feel good. I'm the kind of player that if this guy is trying to humiliate me, then it's game on. Let's go. You've seen me. You know, I'm I'm a big trash talker. But before that. I'm a lover, you know, I'm the kind of guy, I just want to express myself, I want to play, I want to ball, but when this guy sets a challenge on me, then this game on. So yeah, I think it's the ego, man, you know, everyone's like, I've got to humiliate this guy because that's what they portray, but when you're seeing, you know, uh, something on the TV, and you're not hearing, you're not there, you're not feeling you're only coming from one sense, and that's seeing. You know, when you're there, it might be a totally different thing. So Michael Jordan, you know, he's portrayed as this guy, he wants to humiliate his opponent, but he was never that. You know, whenever you see videos of him and Kobe playing, he's schooling Kobe. You know, Kobe understands the game and the whole composition, and that it's just a game. And you see him, they're giving each other pointers in the game. You know, but Michael, Michael Jordan's not portrayed like that. He's portrayed as this dominant guy that wants to humiliate people and dunk on people. But he wasn't that guy. And that's
0: why he's the greatest. I love that. And I don't think a lot of people know that either. I I certainly didn't. Like, I I wouldn't say that Michael Jordan is that. But, yeah, definitely good insight. Um, We're going to wrap it up soon because you have to go, right? It's 56 minutes in. So I just got uh, one more or two more questions for you. So one would be, what do you believe the future holds right now? Uh, do you see yourself staying in America long-term, and what do you think you'll be doing outside of sport uh, as well if you stay in America?
1: Yeah, this is a question that I, I get asked frequently, you know, with regards to oh, when all of this is over, what are you going to do? And it's something that I've never actually uh, sort of had to worry about or have worried about because I know the kind of person that I am. Uh, if I'm a I'm aligned and my mind and my heart feels to go towards something I'm gonna dive into that and then that might mean starting from scratch but what I do know is whatever I do I'm gonna do it great and I've got so many avenues you know I could go down the media route Um, I could go down the creative route of music and my brand stuff Um, what else I could go down the coaching route I'm the most experienced player the first and only pro player in Wales and you know in terms of what I've managed to achieve within these six years you know I'm UK's most successful player so in terms of coaching and all of that stuff that's definitely a route I would go down and become successful that with regards to the kind of person that I am I like to believe that I'm a leader so that's another route that I would go down but I like to feel that you know just be here in the name don't really focus on what am I going to do then? Uh, oh, my God, what's going to come after the game? Focus on being happy, enjoying the right day, and you'll be surprised how your life just seems to open up for you.
0: Love that. And do you have, because I know you're an avid reader, so before we get out of here, I want you to give like five, three to five book tips uh, to our listeners that you think would be really good to set them off on a, on a great journey. Okay uh great starting
1: point you know i might come across is the commercial cliche universal law law of attraction thing there. Eh? you know but the secret is an easy easily digestible book or movie i always recommend a hard copy of a, a physical book because that's me but uh, the movie might wait for some people the secret and i even believe that it's on netflix right now uh that's a real good book and movie um Awaken the Giant Within, Tony Robbins. That's another book that really changed my life. Uh, Les Brain. Uh, Anything by Les Brain. Books, podcasts, audio, anything by Les Brain. Major game changer. Uh, What's another one? In terms of spirituality, Osho. So he's a massive, he's been a massive figure in my life in terms of his practices, his beliefs, you know. I feel as if he, he takes a lot of the old age practices, and makes them relatable to the consciousness that's alive right now, the new age, you know. And another one, a book that Steve Jobs left for the 400 guests that attended his funeral. So when he died, he left uh, 400 people. This book, and it's a book by, uh, it's called The Autobiography of a Yogi, by Yogi Prama Hansa or something like that. But a very good book. And it's... You know, I read a thick book like this, and the one thing that hit me like an arrow to my heart was the word faith. You know, just having the belief and the trust that the dots will connect, and what is for you will
0: always find you. So, yeah. So, so, quick rundown of those books that you just gave out. So, it was The, the Secret, uh, Awaken the Giant Within, Anything by Les Brown. Did you mention Autobiography of a Yogi? Yeah, yeah. Autobiography
1: yeah. and Tony Robbins, Awakening the Giant with him.
0: Yeah, that, that one I said. So it was those four then, yeah?
1: Yeah, and one more, um, The Celestine Prophecy.
0: Ooh, interesting.
1: Yeah, so that book is about, you know, the traits that we all carry and they might come from our parents or people around us, family members. So like I say, sorry means people who like to feel sorry for themselves. Manipulate. There's people who like to manipulate people, you know, uh, what's the other one, aloof, people who mm-hmm. act like, oh, I, don't, I didn't know, I don't know, I didn't, you know, I can't remember the other one, but really good book to figure out, you know, the kind of person that you are and maybe sort of adapt and change some things.
0: And also, and also to understand something else you touched on, that there's no coincidence in life, uh, you know, meeting certain people, having certain events happening in your life. Uh, I think that's a bigger part of the whole, and sometimes just trusting that the universe is guiding us on the right path is what we all need. Uh, one more question, because we had had a guy, he commented, and I actually have a few questions um, that people oh. wanted to answer, but we, we're running over the time, so we're just going to get this one in. So there's a kid in Australia, right, he's 14, he wants to get his name out there in a few years, and he wants to understand how he can get somewhere with his futsal. What would your advice be to this guy?
1: Okay, first and foremost, you got to ask yourself why you want to get your name made there, you know? Second, if you believe that, you know, it's for a greater purpose or for a good reason or a good enough reason, focus on training, you know, becoming that person that you're trying to, uh, being that person, person that you're trying to become, you know? So whether that's putting in the training, reading the books, eating well, um, researching, and then it all goes back to what I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the visuals, how you portray yourself online and in real life as a person, you know, so once all of those things come together, So a big thing for me is when I'm traveling the world, whatever club I sign to, I make sure they got a good media team and I make sure the videos are great because I know with these two things, wherever I go, I'm going to be good. So media, you know, make sure you have a good CV, make sure you have a good video highlight show reel because
0: that's the first thing clubs or people or brands are going to ask for. Amazing. Amazing. I think we're going to wrap it there because you've got a team dinner, right?
1: That's correct.
0: Team there going up. How did you enjoy your first primetime podcast session? Awesome. Awesome. Really good. Uh, didn't really think that I'd be doing it naked, but yeah, <laughs> you live in the moment. There's a first time for everything, live in the moment. We've just been with Rico Sulcanine. Take care, brother. I'm going to follow your journey in America, see everything you're up to, and we'll, we'll talk more soon, yeah? Love, brother. Been a Love. pleasure. All right. Take care of you.